in some moms' lives, right? And uh, those moms are just like all you other moms out there in that uh, they, they want the best for their kids. They want their kids to live a great life, right? Well, as we get into the text today, uh, if we truly understand the implications of what Jesus says today in this last I Am series, it will challenge us to just take that simple understanding that we have a parent who wants the best for us and try to move our lives and keep our lives in a, in a totally different relationship, the only relationship that can make our lives more. Okay, let's start. Let's look at it. It comes out of John 8, so if you've got your Bibles, get into John 8. Uh, we're going to spend a lot of time in John 8. Got some other verses to give you, but mostly right there in John 8. And if you, uh, you start getting into John 8, you'll see that the uh, dialogue that Jesus is involved in here in John 8 is a very contentious dialogue, right? There's a lot of kind of in-your-face back and forth going on between Jesus and those who, are, who are, uh, he's teaching to and those who are listening to him there in Jerusalem. Uh, but the key statement that he makes by the end of John 8 here is uh, he says, I tell you the truth, before Abraham was ever born, I am. Before Abraham was ever born, I am. Now, I want you to think of the implications of that statement. This, in and of itself, this is a mind-boggling kind of concept. This is going to stretch the gray cells, okay? You ready? Think about what he's saying. He's saying, listen, before Abraham was, ever, was even in the world, before he was born, I existed. What's this mean? It means that the Son existed with the Father before time even began. Did you follow that? The Son existed with the Father before time even began. That Jesus came into the world, but the Son existed even before. The Son existed. And the Son existed for the purpose of being in relationship with us. Wow. Anybody kind of going, whew, on that one? If you look at the scriptures, you go some other places, you can see this affirmed. So like you go to John 1, so back in the beginning of, of the Gospel of John... You can see where Jesus comes to be baptized by John the Baptist. Got a lot of Johns going here. Don't anybody have to go to John. Uh, lots of Johns going on here. Then get that in your head. Lots of Johns going on here. And Jesus is coming to be baptized. John sees Jesus and he says, He is the one I was talking about when I said, A man is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. Now wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I remember the Christmas story. I know how this goes. Remember Elizabeth, John's mom, got pregnant first. And then months later, Jesus' mom, Mary, got pregnant. So how can John say that Jesus existed before he was in the world? Because John understood John understood the concept that we just talked about. He understood that Jesus as the Son existed before time. That Jesus as the Son existed before time. Why? If you go to John 1, you go really way back to the beginning of the Gospel of John, John 
unpacks this for us. You ready? It says, in the beginning was the Word. The Word already existed. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. It's talking about the Son, the Word, the Son. The Son existed from the beginning with God, as God, right? Now the application in verse 3. God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. I want you to look at verse 3 really hard. God created everything through Him. Say through Him. And nothing was created except? Thank you. Do you see what he's saying there? The Son existed before all time. And you were created to be in relationship with him. Do you get that? This is the way you're made. This is, this is, your, this is how you work. The Son cre- was, was in existence before all time. And everything that was created was created through him. If you're created, it means you were created with a specific purpose of being in relationship with him. And that's what makes life work. It says the word gave life. That's what makes life work. When you live in the perfect order of relationship with the son, then life is going to work. Let me give you an illustration. I just grabbed one of the uh, one of the communion cups, right? So we got the communion chalice here, and uh, we know uh, how a cup works, right? And so the way a cup works is there's a pitcher, which is back there, and the purpose is for the pitcher to pour into the cup, right? So the cup is supposed to hold the contents of whatever the pitcher holds into it, pours into it, right? That is the purpose of the cup, and the cup was made, fashioned, and formed for the purpose of having whatever it is that gets poured into it, in it. And yet this cup was made not only so it could receive whatever is poured into it, but it was also made so it can pour out. Are you following me? You see how life works? You see, Jesus came into the world, but the Son existed before all time. And everything that was made, you were made to live in relationship with the Son. And life only works. It only adds up when you live that life in relationship receiving the Son. And as you receive the Son, your life builds up and overflows and pours out into the lives of others. That's good. You get that? This is the way life works. This is so vital for us to get. If you follow in Hebrews, Hebrews says, Long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. But now, and now, in these final days, He's spoken to us through His Son. God promised everything to the Son as an inheritance. And through the Son, He created the universe. The Son radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. And he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. You are his inheritance. You were created to be in relationship with him. And your life can only add up. It can only work. It can only elevate when you understand that's your sweet spot. That's where you need to be. That's where you're supposed to be. 
And if you're not living in that sweet spot, if you're not living in that place of being thoroughly in relationship to him, then life isn't going to be everything it can be. Jesus says to the people who believed in him back in John 8, you are truly my disciples, what? If you remain faithful to my teaching, if you remain in relationship with him, if you, if you let him pour into you all the teachings he's got, if you get, let, receive all the wisdom he's got for you about how life works, what your life can do and be, right? As you receive his teachings, if you remain faithful to my teachings, right? Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You will not be stuck. You will not be stuck in an old life. You will be able to live a free, elevated life. Awesome good? That's awesome good stuff. Here's the problem. It's the same problem they had on the day when Jesus first shared this with those who were there in John 8, right? They're like, what? (laughs) I mean, it's pretty big stuff. They're like, what? Wait a minute. I don't think I get this. Wait a minute. I kind of like living my life my own way. Wait, wait a minute. I'm not sure I want to give in to all of this. Wait, wait a minute, right? And so it goes like this in John 8. Jesus told them, if God were your father, you would love me because I have come to, come to you from God. I'm not here of my own, but, you, but he sent me. Why can't you understand what I'm saying? So he's saying this to them, and they're just not, not receiving it. They're just not receiving. He's saying, listen, why, why can't you get this? Why can't we get this? Why can't we get that the best thing in our life is to just surrender our lives completely and absolutely and totally to Jesus Christ? Why why can't we get that? Why why do we struggle against that? Because we do, right? He says, it's because you can't even hear me. For you are the children of your father, the devil, and you love to do the evil things he does. Why can't we get this? Because it means giving up our old life. It means giving up stuff that we've convinced ourselves is important to us. Giving up stuff that we've convinced ourselves, this is what makes life important, or this is what makes life work, or or this is what makes life valuable. That we convince ourselves, and we start living not in thorough relationship with Him, but we live in relationship with the world. Following? If you look at Romans 7, Paul describes this struggle we have, okay? And in, in his own person, he describes this struggle. He says, and I know that nothing good lives in me. That is, in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I want to do, I do, I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I'm not really the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. What's he saying? Why is it when you're in a conversation that may be contentious a little bit with your spouse and you know that if you say the following words, you know it will hurt them and you say them anyway. Why do you do that? Why is it you got a big business deal going and and you know, you know there's just a little shadiness over here, a little integrity question going on over here, but if you close the deal, it's big. And you know 
and you close it anyway. Why do we do that? Why, why do we do that stuff that, that we know is just not consistent with what it means to be in thorough relationship, to be in that place that God created us to be? Because we just don't want to listen to everything he has to say. We just don't want to listen to absolutely everything that Jesus wants to pour into our lives because it means giving up our life to him. And even more than that, it's even more difficult for us because not only do we just not, it's, we just don't want to listen to it, but, but there's a power and there's a force out there in the world that is encouraging us not to. There's a power and a force out there in the world that is trying to convince us to buy into the way of the world. To buy into the lies of the world. It says in Ephesians 6, For for we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. You see, there's another power at work that wants to convince you the opposite of what Jesus is saying in John 8. It wants to convince you of the opposite. It wants to convince you that no, no, you, you, no, your sweet spot, the place you're supposed to live, the place that life really adds up and becomes the greatest, no, it, that's not here. That's not in relationship with Jesus. It's over here. It's over here. Doing what you think is right. Doing what seems to be right and good for you. Doing what, according to your wisdom, is the way you should think, live, and act. There's a power that wants you to sell out to the world. And that power is going to lead you into lies. Because this is a lie. This is a lie. And it's going to lead you into lies. John 8, Jesus gets in their face. He's saying, look, you've got you to see the reality of what's going on in the world and what it's doing. And he says there's this power at work. And that power was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth, but there is no truth in him. And when he lies... It is consistent with his character, for he is a liar and he is the father of lies. How come it is so easy for us to tell lies? And did you ever notice when you tell a lie? That when you tell that lie, all of a sudden that lie starts owning you? Right? I mean, you tell that lie, just just a little teeny, just a little teeny lie, you just get... But now your whole life, you got to protect the lie. You're not free. You're captured by the lie. You've got to live every day making sure that the lie stays where it is and that nobody finds out. You've got to keep the secret. Just keep the secret. And lies and secrets are always destructive. They're always destructive. They always blow up. How is it in your relationships when somebody close to you finds out that you've lied to them? Not so good, right? Not so good. But that's what lies do. The same is true about our relationship with where we're created to be when we, and we buy into the lie. If we buy into the lie, then our lives are going to be shallow and destructive. 
They're going to be shallow and destructive. They're not going to be everything that they were created to be. You cannot be everything you're created to be if you're not living absolutely and thoroughly in relationship with Jesus. John 8, he says, listen, this is a lie. But in contrast, I tell you what? Truth. This is the truth. This is a lie. I, this is what I do. I tell you the truth. And anybody who obeys my teachings, anybody who is in this place of being an absolute thorough relationship with me and receives everything that I want to pour into them, anybody who does that, anybody that receives that grace and goodness of God, they will never die. You want to talk about mind-boggling? Wrap your head around that one. Not only does it mean you can have an incredible life now, your life can be elevated now, but that life can continue forever. Not only can that life be awesome, incredible, and impactful now, but that life can never be taken away from you. It, it can't be ripped out of you. It can't be divorced from you. It can't be taken. It is yours because the truth teller says he gives it to you. That's good stuff. That's an awesome reality. You look at Paul again in Romans 8. He says, because of the weakness of your human nature, I'm using an illustration of slavery to help you understand all this. So he's going to give us an illustration to help us understand how this works. Okay? Here's what he says. Previously, you let yourself be slaves to impure and lawlessness, which led even deeper into sin. Now you must give yourselves to be slaves to righteous living so that you will become holy. When you were slaves to sin... You were free from the obligation to do right. And what was the result? You are now ashamed of those things you used to do, things that end in eternal doom. Just what we are talking about. But now, now you are free from the power of sin and become slaves of God. Now you do those things that lead to holiness and result in eternal you see how it works? When you get, when you get that Jesus in the Son existed before the creation of all time, and that you were created, you were wired, formed, shaped, and fashioned to live in relationship with Him. And when you're in that relationship with Him, then He can pour everything He wants to pour into you. And he can make your life full to overflowing, and it will pour out into your kids, and it will pour out into your marriage, and it will pour out into the success in your work. It will pour out into all your other relationships. It will pour out into a life that becomes elevated. How do we know this is true? We know it's true because of his statement. His statement. Here's how it ends in John 8, right? He's been in their face on this thing. Here's how it ends. Since the people said, listen, now, we, we know you're possessed by a demon. See, they're just, they just want to hear it. Even Abraham and the prophets died. But you say, anyone who obeys my teaching will never die. Here's the big question. Are you greater than our father Abraham? He died, and so did the prophets. Who do you think you are? Are you greater than our father Abraham? Abraham. 
Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, before Abraham was ever born, I am. What's he saying? I'm greater. He's greater. He is greater. He is greater than anything that you're ashamed of in your life. He is greater than any mistake you have ever made in your life. He is greater than ever, any lie you have ever kept and lived owned by in your life. He is greater than any falsehood that you have clung to in your old life. He is greater than anything that the evil one can throw at you in your future. He is absolutely greater than anything that can up, come up against you in this life. He is absolutely greater than anything that the gates of hell themselves can throw against us. He is greater and he will overcome and he has overcome and he walked out of the tomb and he is alive and he says, listen, before any of that stuff ever happened in your life, I created you to live with me. And I created you to have an awesome, incredible, impactful life because I am. I am. Over and over again, in all of these messages, he simply wants us to get that simple truth. Listen, forget all this stuff of the world because I am. I am. And he always has been. And he always will be. And there's nothing that will ever change that. And there's nothing in your life that he is not greater than. If you just say, I surrender. I give it away. I give it all up. And say, Jesus, my life is absolutely yours. Pour into me and make it what you will. Let's pray. Father, that's what we want. We do. It's so hard to give up. But there's so many things that we can just let go of. So many burdens. So many disappointments. So many falsehoods, the lies that have filled us. Father, in this moment, help us to give it, give it up. Just surrender it to you. In your grace, in your love, as you came into the world, come into this room, come into our lives. Come into our thoughts right now. Come into our hearts right now and claim us as your own. Get us back in that right place, in that place where you can just pour everything into us, that place that you can just fill us up so there's no room for any falsehood in our life, that you can just fill our marriages and fill our kids and fill our, our careers, just fill our days so that we can just live for you and that we can know that life that will never be taken from us. Lord, we come to you and we surrender to you, trusting in you, because you're the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. In Jesus' name, amen.